0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Brothers podcast. I am your long haired host, Sir Jesus himself, Josh Johnson. And over there, it's a a little blasphemous there. Just a little bit. (laughs) Over there, cuddling with his dogs, is Ben Watts. I'm glad I'm over here before the lightning hits you. (laughs) I mean, for the the first
1: time on the show, I am a safe distance away from you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it is all uh for personal safety i'm sure what we got today josh
1: we got some good stuff
0: we do uh so this is got an exciting some, week this listen there's literally only a few things that's not true there's a lot of things that i get excited for but uh week one of the nfl that's one of them super bowl week i get excited about that but also the NFL draft, draft week, ladies and gentlemen, is upon us. And seeing where all these rookies are gonna go is incredibly exciting, mostly because now all this prognosticating we've been doing on the internet, you know, throwing shots at each other about our opinions of players that we've never seen play in the NFL yet. We get to finally figure it all out. The crystal clear picture is about to no come. No more
1: speculating. We've been talking about this. I mean, since college football season started, like, who are the guys exactly. we're watching? And
0: and, and most likely figure was right. out. I'm, I get to figure out who I'm going to spend my first round picks on. That's that's really what this is all about.
1: I wish my first round picks were higher.
0: <laughs> Don't we always I, I wish that? But I
1: guess that also means I was pretty good this year. So.
0: <laughs> so we've got before we hop into all of our rookie previews and some of our thoughts about how the draft could play out. We got you all to send us in some trades that you've been doing in your fantasy leagues. We also added in a couple of our own because we really want to, you know, humble brag on our podcast because we can, and you can't tell us not to because we are good at this. We are good at football, not football, not fantasy really. football, not, <laughs> not really. actually good at football.
1: But listen, uh, so listen, I was a flag football champion in college. Okay,
0: you were, and you ran a five five forty. I was faster than you, bro. That is only like halfway true
1: halfway. It's, it's all the way true. I was faster and quicker I was <laughs> I was a baby quicker. white I was a baby white Tyree kill in college, okay? <laughs> Give me the ball in space. I will make a play.
0: <laughs> oh man, if only everybody listening could like picture. Ben Watts running at them with a full head of steam on his tiptoes, <laughs> ready all, to...
1: All five, all five and nine and a buck 60.
0: <laughs> oh, it's terrifying. Um, okay. We're going to hop right into it. We've got some trades. We asked you all to send us in some trades on Instagram. By the way, you can follow us on Instagram and in case you didn't know that, you can follow us on Instagram at Fantasy Brothers underscore... But even better than that, wherever you're listening to this this episode, if you could leave us a review and a rating, that would be absolutely peachy. It would be better than Brees Hall becoming Saquon Barkley 2.0. Anywho, we've got trades. Number one trade that we were sent was in a one quarterback league. And the person who sent it in was offered Dak Prescott, and Nick Chubb for Stephon Diggs and a 2023 second round pick. How are you weighing this one, Ben, in a one-quarterback league?
1: In a one-quarterback league, I – full transparency, I don't think I've looked at these yet, so this is kind of my jerk reaction to all of them. Yeah. Uh I think Eileen Chubb. Yeah. I think Let's Eileen break it Chubb. down. How
0: about this? We'll break it down piece by piece. So you've got Chubb, Chubb for, for Stefan Diggs. So I don't know. The one thing that I didn't get him to send in was the PPR. So if this is full PPR, I'd rather have Diggs. If half it's half PPR. or standard. I would assume half, but I don't. I don't know. So if it's full, I prefer Diggs here. If it's half or standard, standard, I really prefer Chubb. If it's half, like toss up to me. I don't know about you, but I would. I, it. I guess it depends yeah. on team need. I guess.
1: Yeah, I think, I think for the sake of running back over wide receiver, still in my head. So give me Chubb, especially since yeah. his offense is getting a boost. With Deshaun Watson. Yep. So I think that helps him out a lot. But, I mean, I think even if it's half PPR, if, I wouldn't say you're crazy if you trade Chubb for Diggs because Diggs just got a contract extension for four years. So I'm thinking at least three years he's going to be the guaranteed wide receiver one in Buffalo. And it's Josh Allen's number one wide receiver. So, I mean, he's going to be good. Block him in, what, 160? He's had 160 targets these past two years. So, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. So, the, Where the trade trade changes for me is even in one quarterback league, if I can get Dak for a twenty twenty three second round pick, absolutely like give me
0: Dak. Yes. I agree with you there. Um I still think like we are lukewarm on Dak Prescott. This is not a Dak Prescott fan podcast, okay? But I but, still I think mean, Dak has a, a top QB1. Fantasy quarterback. Right. He's not Ryan Tannehill. I think if it were Ryan Tannehill or like Derek Carr, then this would really be a toss-up. But I think because Dak is here, I prefer the Dak-Chubb side. Yeah.
1: And I think longevity-wise, Diggs has probably got Chubb by a little bit, but it's not a ton, so. Yeah. Pretty, not terrible, but I prefer the Dak-Chubb.
0: Yep. Trade number two. The guy who sent it in was offered in a Superflex league to a tug of Iloa and the 110 in this year's rookie draft for the 106, 206 and the 306. Mm. Where do you lean on this one?
1: Don't You almost have love to you, you almost
0: have to break it down by like the players that will be available. It like seems to picks. me
1: this is more of the guy who traded away a wanting to trade up in the draft because he had the 110, which, I mean, I think people kind of hate on this draft class too much, but there, in fairness, there isn't a ton of depth, so you're sort of slim pickings at the 110 if you want an actual guy who's got a lot of potential. So I think he's more trying to get up to the one oh six to try to get somebody. The 206, 306 were kind of filler for that. That's the meat
0: of the trade. So, yeah, I kind of lean the Tua and 110 side of this just because, like, if it were one quarterback, it would probably be pretty fair, maybe. But because it's super flex, Tua to me is still worth a first-round pick. He's probably worth a pretty decent first-round pick just because he's young because he's got all those weapons. Um, he got a so, boost. Yeah, so Tua for the 106 to me is... I probably lean Tua there. Um, and then the 110, like I'd rather have the 110 than the 206 and the 306 combined. Yeah, for sure. So, two and the 110 for me on that side. I think I would...
1: Maybe just I'm not a huge Tua fan, but he did get a boost, a wide receiver. I might lean the one oh six over Tua. I'm not sure. But definitely the one ten over the two oh six and three oh six. So
0: yeah. I guess it Tua depends. Side. So in Superflex, like who's gonna be there at the one oh six? You might be able to get I don't know, Chris. You're still Alave. looking at
1: Drake I think you're still looking Drake London could be on the board. Uh Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks, depending on how they go. Heck, if nobody likes the quarterbacks, you could see Malik Willis there. I've seen ones where like, nobody like I don't want a quarterback in this draft. So you can get him there. So
0: Yeah. And I would prefer Malik Willis for over Tua just because his legs. Um I, you know, that 106 is a bit of a wild card because it's super flex. I think just on pick value, I probably lean the Tua side. But I also do, I am a little bit rosier on Tua than probably a lot of people are. But again, it's, it's the kind of thing where it's, he's an approve it year. If he doesn't really crush it this year, it's, he's never going to be good. Uh, but he's got everything he needs to be good, and I don't think he's yeah. terrible, unless he so.
1: just Unless he himself is just horrible, he's going to be decent. Like, just all you have to do is get it to the line of scrimmage and let Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill have fun.
0: Yeah, I feel like he's not going to kill you if he's your QB2. If he's your QB1, you're in a world of hurt. But if he's your QB2, you're not like the worst quarterback room in your league. You're probably middling. Yeah. So trade number three. Uh, our our guy here was offered in a Superflex league Ryan Tannehill in a late first I didn't catch which year but uh, Ryan Tannehill in a late first for Aaron Rodgers in Superflex dynasty hmm. this is interesting I don't know which one I prefer here it depends on what that first round pick is for me
1: Yeah, if it's a 2022 first, maybe Aaron Rodgers. But if it's like a 2023 first, I might take Tannehill. Because Tannehill, especially for fantasy, is not bad.
0: He's not terrible. He is a great quarterback three. And when he's hot, he's a fine quarterback two. He's got a rushing floor, which kind of negates all of his bad real-life quarterbacking a little bit. So... It
1: depends how he, much do you like Aaron Rodgers without Devontae
0: Adams. Right. I think, so, okay, he's unloading Aaron Rodgers here, and he's just picking up Tannehill in the first for him. I think, on in like, in theory, I think it's a good idea to move Aaron Rodgers. He's 38, and he's able to pick up a first-round pick in the process. Tannehill, I think, is probably just a throw-in piece, to be honest with you, of, like... I'm trading a quarterback, I want a QB back, give me your QB three and a first-round pick, and you can have Aaron Aaron Rodgers.
1: But what if, um, and we'll talk about some of these rookies later, what if they go out there, Traylon Burks falls to Aaron Rodgers, and Green Bay actually finally takes a receiver in the first round? Yeah. Then what do you do? Well, then that boosts the whole offense? You know.
0: Yeah, if you've got a if and you've got a competing and it's Aaron Rodgers. team, yeah, he's still he's the back back to back MVP. If you've got a competing team, I think I would rather have Rogers here. But I I get the feeling just based on the trade that it's not a team that's planning on winning the championship. If you're if you're in a superflex league and you're planning on winning the championship, I don't think you're trying to move Rogers right now because he's still too good, and the value that you get back for him just isn't on par with the production that he gives you in your lineup. It's kind of like the Tom Brady problem where if you've got Tom Brady, you just can't trade him because he's too good while he's playing, but nobody's going to give you anything for him, so you might as well just hold on to him. I agree with that. So I kind of think it's not a contending team, and if that's the case, I think it's a good move. That's fair. Next couple trades are some trades that we've done because full transparency and uh, total honesty here. Uh, You know, we don't want you to think that we're just like amazing fantasy players that are mistake-averse, even though I think in this case these are some pretty decent trades. I think it's like a good example of tough leagues where you can't just fleece everybody in the league. Granted, that's happened occasionally, but you you got to like, there's a little bit of give and take. And I think both of these next two trades are. You have to consider your your team with these trades. Yes. Um, Yeah, these are very much team-dependent trades. So trade number four, this is a trade you did, Ben. You sent Christian McCaffrey and uh, Allen Robinson and the 203 in this year's draft for Stefan Diggs and Travis Etienne. I was pretty proud of it. Yeah, you're pretty stoked about this trade because, like, that aside, I think it's pretty fair just, you know, waiting the two sides. It's it's, it's a fair deal, I think. I I agree. Christian McCaffrey has a chance to be the overall running back one. Allen Robinson, I think, is a pretty decent wide receiver two, like maybe somewhere between... I don't really know where he slots in. I don't know if he's a safe wide receiver two or if he's a little bit of a volatile wide receiver two. But I think he's a wide receiver two and a second-round pick, which is kind of a sweetener. Stephon Diggs is obviously a wide receiver one that I think is one of the few that actually has a chance to be the overall wide receiver one, just because of his situation. And EtN is a bright spot. Like he is, we don't know exactly what he is, but we think he's good and he's got great draft profile and he's he seems like he's in a situation where he's going to be pretty decent but yeah. if you kind of put it all into the context of what you needed on your roster your roster was loaded was absolutely loaded and Coming you had good players a on your bench win. yeah so for you the only thing you really needed was a wide receiver too and Your wide receiver two before this trade was T. Higgins. And so Stephon Diggs upgrades instantly your wide receiver room, and now you've got Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs, which is a great competing move um, in my opinion.
1: And, I mean, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase actually won me the league just because of that flaming end they had where T. Higgins had like 37 week 16s and then Chase had 50. So they ended up winning it for me, but I just, and I, I like T Higgins. I'm higher on him, I think, than most people, but I just didn't, I wanted somebody I felt was safer week to week to put in my lineup because I feel like Higgins will probably be a little bit more volatile. Not a ton, but he's going to be, he's going to have up and down weeks, and those weeks where Chase just dominates the targets, whereas Diggs is the dominant target in his offense.
0: Right. And, and Travis Etienne, good. You've also got Joe Burrow in there too. So like you've yeah, got three Bengals. Yeah. If it's they a have super a bad stack.
1: week, I'm going to have a bad week.
0: Exactly. And so this this sort of calms that down a little bit. You still have T Higgins that you could put in your flex if you wanted to, uh, but you've I think you've got better flex options than even T Higgins. You were just kind of wide receiver starved, and so Stefan Diggs yeah. fills that void for you.
1: And T Higgins. Um, or not T Travis Etienne. I don't. I don't know entirely where I rank him right now, in running backs, just because he he almost feels like one of the rookie running backs. We haven't seen him yet, but he's got potential. So, and I wanted it felt just because years of running back, running back, running back, running back, running back is king. I didn't want to send CMC and not get a running back back. And yeah. the guy who had ETN, I feel like he was kind of low on him. He wasn't super excited, so I'm like, let's let's see if I can finagle ETN out of this. And he went yeah. with. It. So, so got... it was more of CMC is obviously a league winner, but I wanted someone safe like Diggs, so that's where I went.
0: Yeah, I've currently got ETN for 2022 as my running back. Let's see here, 19. Um.
1: I feel like that's In a pretty PPR. good ranking for him, but
0: yeah. if he goes
1: out there and let's say he, you know, he gets sixty receptions, like that, bumps him up a bunch, and he's more than capable of that because he's an excellent receiver.
0: Right. He is, He's very volatile. He's one of the players. Like his his, I do all my projections based on projected stats, so his stats look good. But I've only got him projected for, I don't have him at 10 touchdowns. I've got him at nine. So he, he doesn't have 10 total touchdowns for me. And that's including all the receiving work. I've got him as a, yeah. I've projected him for a lot of receiving work. Um, and I don't, but there's, I don't there's trust still Jackson James Robinson. Either.
1: Right. I think what well, I think James Robinson misses at least the first part of the season. So we'll get time to see um, ETN as the fully fledged RB1 there. And I think James Robinson actually is a free agent after this year. After this
0: season. Let's free James Robinson because (laughs) that man needs to go to a good organization. He's very interesting. James Robinson could be a guy that is a very sneaky buy come next season. But that's... uh, Because I
1: feel like you could probably get him dirt cheap. It's an Achilles injury. Travis Etienne is healthy. So the James Robinson owner is probably just done with him.
0: Especially after last offseason being done with him. Oh my God! Don't even get me started. I had him last off season, and it was just torture because I thought I had a wide or a running back one, and it turns out that was brutal because I traded
1: him. I actually traded him to you, and I think I got Nick Chubb back for it.
0: Yep, and I I traded him and a couple
1: picks and Chubb, or yeah, him and a couple picks, and I got Chubb.
0: Yeah, thought that that was a great move in the moment. Turns out it wasn't, but um, yeah. So that's that's that trade. Last trade is one that I did. And it was very much a response to the trade that you did above. Here's the thing. You were, you league, were upset. <laughs> I, was, I was upset. And maybe this next trade was a bit emotional. But to paint the picture a little bit, Ben and I are in a fairly competitive Dynasty League. And the way it kind of shook out was Ben and I are kind of the clear favorites in this league. And it's turned into a bit of an arms race. Um, there's a couple teams that could compete, but If you were betting on two teams, you would either bet on my team or Ben's team. And this move to get Stephon Diggs that he just pulled off, in my mind, really cemented his lineup as a difficult-to-beat lineup because he doesn't have any significant weaknesses. So he's got Kyle Pitts at tight end. He's got great quarterbacks. He's got great running backs. And now, with this Diggs trade, he's got good wide receivers as well. So I was looking at my lineup, trying to figure out where – I can improve. And there wasn't a ton of ways that I could prove, but there was one. And so I had great running backs, great quarterbacks, great wide receivers, but my weakness was a tight end. And so I sent TJ Hawkinson and Keenan Allen for Travis Kelsey and a 2023 first round pick in Superflex.
1: This team immediately... This trade immediately made me sad.
0: <laughs> you were so excited about your digs trade, and rightly so. It was a great trade in terms of improving your team. But I think you knew it and I knew it that the one place that you had it over on me, at least on paper, was tight end. And this Kelsey trade kind of eliminates that.
1: Yeah, and I get Kelsey's older, but no Tyree kill there, and... Kyle Pitts is my tight end, and I love Kyle Pitts to death. He's, I mean, he's one of my favorite players. But I, I don't know, he's going to be volatile this season. So I was counting more on those big spike weeks, you know, here and there yeah. from him. But Kelsey can have a spike week every week.
0: <laughs> he averages something like fifteen a week, and it might even he be is more. A spike week. Now he's he is a tight end spike week every week, so. Now that Tyreek Hill's gone, it may even be better. I mean, it could be the 260-point tight end one kind of season, or maybe it's, you know, it could be anything from like a 215 kind of year, point year, to a like 270-point year. But anywhere in, the, in those in between, I think it's better probably than what Kyle Pitts does.
1: And I think it's not a terrible trade for the guy who sent Kelsey it's not he's he was trying to get a little bit younger. Keenan Allen, I think, still will be fine, especially with Herbert. And Hawkinson is Hawkinson is young. I think he'll have a he'll even improve this season, I think, over last year. Just with him healthy another year with Jared Goff. He'll have weapons around him other than DeAndre Swift. So Monron St. Brown, DJ Chark is a deep threat to pull coverage off of him. So I think he'll be good.
0: Yeah. TJ Hawkinson was interesting because he was good enough in my lineup that I wasn't like super mad about it. But I was looking around the league, seeing the spike weeks that Mike Andrews was having, the spike weeks that Kelsey was having, even the occasional spike weeks that Pitts was having, thinking like, TJ Hawkinson could do this, but his spike week is 14 points. Um, And he is, I mean, he's just a... He's like the best of the average tight ends in the NFL. And this was very much a go-for-it move, try and win the championship, and then figure out the rest of it later.
1: But you got the 2023 first. So even though I think that um, first would be pretty late because the guy, it's the guys whose pick it is, I
0: mean, his team's pretty good. Yeah. So. Yep. So those are a few of the traits that we've had submitted through Instagram again if you want to And I think it'll that. be interesting to look at
1: these trades now because this is still pre-draft. We don't know landing spots. Right. So once we, once we have names assigned to those picks, the values
0: change a lot. Exactly. And that's where it gets really interesting. Post-draft is once you know, like, all right, I can put a name to this pick. The 103 most likely is fill-in-the-blank. And that's where it gets interesting, because then you're trading players again, um, and that's that's a fun time. I can't wait. I'm so excited. So we've got our some basically, we assembled our top five rookies at each position, and we're all we're kind of going to touch on them and give you some superlatives, some things to be looking for when the draft happens Thursday night. But also, we've got a few guys that could basically end up in very different places after Thursday night. Um, a few guys that could end up shooting up draft boards or guys that could fall down draft boards. Remember, Trey Sermon last year was a, what, late second-round pick before the NFL draft, but then he got picked by the San Francisco 49ers, and he started going in the mid-first round in a lot of run- And he drafts. Never the so, ball. And then Kyle Shanahan pooped on him, but... (laughs) I don't know.
1: I'm still upset about that,
0: Kyle. I I am even more so because I was one of the suckers that took him in a mid-first round of a rookie draft. You traded up to get him. I did. It was dumb. I, I fell in love. Rule number one, don't fall in love. Just take players at their value. So we've got a few guys that could be Trey Sermons. We've got guys that could fall down draft boards, maybe even be a value if they fall, but... Uh, we're going to dive into our rookie running back rankings, just our top five. Um, I'm very worried
1: about this position. How so? Outside of the top two guys, I could see this being a class where there's just no depth. I, mean, I don't think there's depth as it is, but like, there's two guys where we feel pretty good. They're going to go, you know, get... Drafted right, they're gonna go to good situations, but like these other guys could end up good, but also could very easily be worthless. So
0: Yeah. But also, uh a couple of these guys, depending on landing spot, could I mean they have the potential if the right landing spot happens to be very good values Correct. in fantasy. Problem is they're very landing spot dependent, I think.
1: There's no there's no can't miss guys. Like there have been in the past. Like Jonathan Taylor can't miss. That whole 2020 class was pretty much can't miss. Cam Akers, Swift. All of those guys were studs. And then last year, Najee Harris can't miss. Travis Etienne. TBD, but he felt like can't miss. Devontae Williams felt like can't miss. Yeah. This year I feel like there is one can't miss guy. One guy I'm
0: pretty confident in. And after that, ugh, Exactly. So that one can't-miss guy is Brees Hall. Surprise, surprise, the consensus 101 in rookie drafts. I don't know that there's a whole lot we need to say about him. He, I mean, he has everything you want in a rookie running great back. Profile. He's got the size, great profile. He looks great, and I think he is the one guy that it doesn't matter where he goes, he should be great for fantasy.
1: Incredibly young. He is 20 years old.
0: Yeah, he's, he's the whole package. He's exciting. So running back two for us is Kenneth Walker, who... So, like, for me, Kenneth Walker was a guy that I wasn't super stoked about in the early draft process, and he I've risen on, on him a lot.
1: I had, I had a couple... He was, like, my third or fourth before, like, all the draft and combine stuff started really kicking in, and it was mostly just because his, his receiving work, and I thought he was small. He's bigger than I thought he was.
0: Yeah. And he's faster.
1: Yeah. He's very fast. Did he run like a 4.39 at the combine?
0: He did. He tied, I think he tied Brees Hall and uh, Pierre Strong for the fastest 40. Maybe yeah, I'm wrong is, there, he's, but I think he's got the they were speed. all very good.
1: Yeah. His one knock on him is his receiving capability. He had, oh, gosh, what was his target, college target share? It was not good.
0: I think it was something like 20 to 30 targets in his entire college career. That's bad. <laughs> or 20, 30 catches, something like that. It was. His college good. target share was 5.4%, which is not great. You're looking for 10%. However, his dominator
1: score was insane. It was 50.2%, which is the 99th percentile.
0: Yeah. The other thing with Walker is he's got a later breakout age, because uh, he True. played for Wake Forest for, was it two or three years? I can't remember. I think it was two years, right?
1: It was two years with Wake Forest, then he transferred to Michigan. Right. Michigan State.
0: Now, I guess you could argue like, Wake Forest, okay? It's it's Wake Forest, so bear that with a grain of salt. Um, but then once he got the opportunity, he crushed. So, he feels like a poor man's Nick Chubb to me. He feels like a great runner that, again, if he goes to the right situation, could be very interesting. Remember, Nick Chubb went, I want to say he went like back end of the first round in rookie drafts, maybe even early second in rookie drafts. People were scared about the knee injury. People were scared about the fact he went to Cleveland. Kenneth Walker could end up being like a late first round pick and be the kind of guy that blossoms depending on where he goes. If he goes to Houston, for example, or Atlanta, where there's a lot of workload to be had, I think he could end up being a very good value. He won't be a flashy pick, um, but, but he could be a very guy safe. that— Very safe. Like, I don't think he's going to bust if he goes to one of those two places. If he goes to Arizona, I don't think he busts. But if he ends up at a really bad landing spot, he, it could be dicey for him. Yeah. Number three. Number, th- number three. Give us the lowdown on Isaiah Spiller and why everybody's scared of him.
1: Isaiah Spiller, I think, a, like right after the end of the college football season, a lot of people had him as maybe the RB one in the class because I mean his like I've watched his tape. His tape is very good, very very good. However, his measurables are not right. He ran he ran a four. I believe it was a four six eight. 40. It was a four
0: uh yeah, I need to look that up. But yes, it was bad.
1: 46840, and that's at his pro day, and we know pro day forties are usually inflated. So that's not good. But he's a very good receiver in college. We saw that on display a lot. He's got the you know, he's got he's got the size to handle a large workload. Um he's only 20 years old, so he's the same age as Brees Hall. He's got that going for him, and he always he put up good numbers every year at Texas A&M. Yep, I think he had th- uh, just under a thousand yards his freshman year, and then he had a thousand yards every season after that. Yep, he always had uh, at least twenty receptions every year. So he's his college tape and numbers match, but the actual athletic measurables don't. So he is maybe the most volatile player on this list because say say the Bills or somebody try to decide they're going to pass on Brees Hall, go fix another position, and we'll take Isaiah Spiller in the late third. Like that's best case scenario for Isaiah Spiller as he goes to a good situation. But I think like a guy like Brees Hall could go to a bad situation and still flourish just because he's such a good prospect. Whereas Isaiah Spiller, if he doesn't get good draft cap, if he gets anything, if he gets fourth round capital or below, I think you can, you can ride Spiller off for the most
0: part. Yep. I'm pretty much with you there. Um Next running back, we've got Rashad White. He... He's interesting. He's more of a flyer, though. Um, He's not got the eye-popping stats or measurables that other guys on this list have. He doesn't really have the prospect profile that other dudes have, but he did uh, produce quite a large amount this past season. He's kind of a one-year wonder Um, at Arizona State this past year. He had 1,000 yards but he also had 43 receptions for a 16% target share at Arizona state last year, which is kind of ridiculous at the running back position. So he projects as a pass catching running back at the next level. The problem is he doesn't have amazing burst. He's fine. Uh, but he's not got, he's not at a great accelerator. Let's put it that way. Um, he's got decent long end speed, but not a great accelerator. Um, He's a bit of a matchup, or a, not a matchup, a landing spot dependent player where let's say he goes to Arizona and is the third down running back for them. That could be a great place for him because, you know, James Conner is older. Rashad White could take over that backfield in maybe a year or two. and all so Chase could be, Edmonds,
1: get a whole lot of hype from that backfield. As a exactly. Exactly.
0: But also on the flip side of that, Rashad White could go somewhere not like Arizona where he would have touchdown upside and uh, a quarterback that would dump the ball off to him. And his value would pretty much tank. He's, He's not going to flash in a bad situation, I think. But if he does, go to a good one. And if he goes in those first three rounds, that's the thing. He's currently projected... I think his ADP is like at the one outside the top 100 picks. So he's not currently projected to go in the first three rounds. Uh, If he goes mid fourth temper expectations on him, uh, he'll be a bit like, you know, Kenny Gainwell last year was really interesting until his draft capital sucked. And then he didn't produce a ton last year. Um, So, you know, bear in mind, landing spot is very, very heavily weighted here with Rashad White.
1: Yeah. I was going to say Kenny Gainwell, I think he compares a lot like him.
0: Yeah. Brian Robinson is number five. Not a ton to say about Brian Robinson. A lot of Brian people Robinson.
1: are probably Honestly, on him.
0: Yes, I think a lot of people are. A lot of people are putting James Cook here, Zamir White, um, even like T- I've seen Taylor Algier get a lot of hype, but I'm not stoked about any of those guys. James White is a decent late round flyer for me, but I'm not thrilled about him. Um Brian Robinson, to me, seems like a Josh Jacobs comp where I, it's low-hanging fruit because they're Alabama guys, but he just feels like a good runner that... He's a beater. Yeah, I mean, if he just... like if he, He's like the quintessential Patriots running back. He's going to go in there, and he's going to get a good yards per carry. He's going to be a decent runner, but he doesn't necessarily project as a pass catcher, and it doesn't look like he'll get great draft capital that would ensure workload. So he's he's a little bit a little bit less exciting but like a solid not super high ceiling running back prospect.
1: What would you say if like he got a late round pick to like the Titans or somebody to back up Derrick
0: Henry? I'm still not stoked about it because I mean in like 2 years, yeah, sure, but for 2022 he'll be next to nothing outside of Derrick Henry getting hurt. Um and that's fair. In that I, case, I was just thinking like that's a situation
1: picker. that would that uses his exact style of running back. I don't know. He's he's just handing the ball at the goal line.
0: Yeah. If he goes to the Patriots, he'd be interesting in a year, maybe, if he goes to somewhere honestly, even like the Raiders. I don't think he supplants
1: Damian Harris or any of those guys though.
0: No. He doesn't supplant Harris or Ramondre Stevenson, but kind of knowing how the Patriots do business, they move off running backs quick, which means he would get an opportunity probably sooner rather than later, if that makes sense. True.
1: That's fair.
0: So wide receivers. Uh, My favorite group. Yeah. These are the most polarizing because obviously there's a little bit more depth at the wide receiver position than there is at running back this year, which means if you've got a mid to late first round pick, you might be taking one of these guys. Uh, number one, we've got Garrett Wilson. Seems very polished, guy. good Good route runner seems like the most pro-ready of these draft prospects.
1: I am obviously a big Falcons fan, and I desperately want Atlanta to take this guy at eight. And I, I think that's given that he's projected to possibly be the first wide receiver off the board, that's one of the best landing spots he could go simply because there is a massive target vacuum there, and I think Atlanta would Really want to have him as a rebuilding piece to go get a quarterback next season, for sure.
0: I agree with you, and I think that it's very likely Atlanta picks him. The I I think they pick a receiver regardless. The only competition it looks like in mocks is for them to take Drake London. Yeah, and I would he reminds me so Drake much London. of Calvin Ridley. He does. Yeah, yeah. Calvin Ridley was kind of the same way though, where he came in pretty pro ready. And he got to flourish a bit as Julio's, you know, apprentice, I guess you will. And, and he obviously,
1: um, I mean, the, that's the same role he'd probably have because Kyle Pitts is obviously the top target in the offense. Yep. So you could, you're the number one wide receiver, quote unquote. So he'd have a, you know, chance to produce right away, even though you're not stoked about uh, Marcus Mariota as your quarterback right now. Next season, he should have. We should have something better. And just because there's so much of a target vacuum in that offense right now, he should be able to produce pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. Number two, Traylon Burks. Um, again, top three. It's kind of speculative at this point, but Traylon Burks is he's just a beast. He's a beast. He's an AJ Brown clone, and AJ Brown is a guy that you just fall in love with. And I think Traylon Burks is pretty much the same way where he gets his work done in a lot of different ways. He runs all the routes. He also runs screens. He lines up in the backfield. He does a little bit of everything. And I think his lackluster combine is a bit deceptive. Nobody caught him in the open field. His tape says he was a much better athlete than his measurables said he was. And like his tape was probably the best of any receiver in here in terms of projecting it to the NFL. Like oh, yeah. he was the right consensus wide receiver one before the combine, and the combine I was wasn't say that the exact awful. Same thing. Yeah,
1: before like right after college, like I was you know watching all these top guys tapes, and I'm like, oh yeah, Traylon Burks is far and away the best guy. I've yeah. changed my mind to Wilson obviously, but Burks is still two. I mean, it, I'm not worried about that combine. He's he's I think possibly the safest guy on this list no matter where he goes just because of the way he plays. He's hmm. physical, throwing the ball in space, throwing the ball with guys on him, he'll make plays. I'm not worried about him.
0: Yeah. And he could also end up getting drafted to Kansas City or Green Bay, which would automatically shoot him up draft boards. If he goes to Green Bay, if-
1: if he goes to Green Bay, do you take is do you take him over Brees
0: Hall? Somebody else asked me this the other day and I would think about it, but I still would probably take Brees Hall. He'd be an easy 102 though.
1: Number 3. Drake London. Pretty easy. The top 3 usually are consensus on these guys, I think.
0: Our number five, uh, Jamison Williams tends to sneak into... Like, there's some people that are bullish on Jamison Williams, but obviously we're not. (laughs) Um, Drake London at three for us. He's Mike Evans to me, or uh, Vincent Jackson. He's basically that wide receiver that just goes up, snags on people. Like, Michael Crabtree-esque, where he's just... He's not amazing separating after the catch. He doesn't have a lot of rack, but or yak, sorry. But um he just jump like he's a 90-10 jump ball guy. He doesn't miss those. He's got that power forward body. He's a giant. He's a giant. Problem is, he doesn't separate a ton and you wonder like does he even really have to? I don't know, but he looks like If he gets a quarterback that will let him go, you know, make jump balls, he's gonna still that will translate. He's going to be snagging on NFL corners too. I don't remember who I was listening to. He doesn't quite separate.
1: Don't remember who I was listening to, but I was listening to somebody who said he was semi landing spot dependent, which I agreed with because of just the way he plays. So if you get a quarterback who has no fear out there. And we'll sling it to you when you got a guy on you. Yeah, I think Drake London is going to smash. I think he'll be good no matter what. But you, there are a lot of quarterbacks out there who they prefer the route runner, the guy I can trust to be in his spot, kind of thing. The guy I want to separate, so they're I guess less likely to throw London the ball. But yeah, I don't know how. I sort. Of, I guess I sort of agree. It's not a. It's not a huge deterrent on him, but. He's not the greatest route runner I've seen. so
0: He's fine. He's good enough at everything that you can kind of say he will develop at the next level. He's got elite traits that should also translate. So he's very interesting. I would love, and,
1: I would love to see him to the Jets. He's who I predict I the too. Jets to take at 10. Because he will help Zach Wilson out so much. It's just give him that huge target he can throw to on the outside, which will let Elijah Moore eat from the slot. I mean, that's a that's a perfect pick, I think.
0: Yeah. Our number four is Chris Olave. Uh, he is butter Olave. smooth. Everybody says butter smooth when talking about Olave. He's very fast. He can take the top off the defense. Um, He, he doesn't His, seem he, to have many elite traits, though. He's clean, though. He's super clean. He is clean when he's playing out there. He gets mocked a lot to New Orleans, to... Where else have I seen? That would hurt my heart if f- he goes to New Orleans. <laughs> See, that, that would be a bummer, but like it would probably be a great football move for New Orleans. I don't know how it would translate to fantasy, though.
1: I think... Gosh, I don't know. I think New Orleans is a better spot. It's not the worst spot, because Michael Thomas... I, I don't know what Michael Thomas is still... And he's he's such a good route runner, and he's the most so smooth. Like he'll he'll earn Winston's trust probably.
0: Yeah. Number five for us is Jamison Williams, and he's somebody I'm rising on a bit as the draft approaches, and I think that's because NFL GMs are in love with Jamison Williams. He probably gets drafted before Traylon Burks, before Chris Olave. Um, he's. Really interesting because he's a bit landing spot dependent, but his ceiling, if it gets tapped, potentially is the highest in the draft class. He just yeah. could also completely bust as well. Should be,
1: we, we've got a uh, like I guess later in the show the guys we think have the widest range of outcomes. Should we talk about him later, or you want me to talk about him now?
0: Yeah, go ahead and talk about him now.
1: I think he's, like, all the guys I have ahead of him in our rankings, I think, are safer because I think he's the most landing spot critical, but his landing spot could either shoot him to the very top of these rankings or it could bottom him out. Like, we just talked about Chris Olave to the Saints, and I see Williams get mocked a lot to the Saints. And because he's not necessarily the smoothest route runner, and... Like, he's not bad, but he's not as good as Olave or any of those guys. And the Saints quarterback situation is just ugly right now. Like, I just, I can't trust him. He's he's only going to be, I think at that point, a game breaker where if he snags a long touchdown, yeah, that's good. Otherwise, he's going to have a terrible week. Right. However, I see a lot of mocks, or I saw a mock recently with him going to KC to replace... Tyreek Hill. I see a lot of people saying he could go to Green Bay, which both of those landing spots honestly probably shoot him to the very top of our rankings. If you get him in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes taking that Tyreek Hill role, holy crap, look
0: out. Yeah, that'd be terrifying. Shifting over to quarterbacks. We're going to run through these guys rapid fire because no, nobody be likes his quarterbacks. There's not a ton to really talk about here, but there are a couple guys that could be interesting. So Malik Willis, number one, consensus number one for fantasy. He's the Russian quarterback. He's about the only one I would be willing to take in the first round of rookie drafts, even in a super flex, let's be honest. like None of these guys yeah. really excite me. Willis, though, could potentially profile like a Jalen Hurts or somebody that's maybe not great yet as a passer, but has the legs to make up for it.
1: I mean, look at Jalen Hurts this past year. I mean, none of his passing numbers were good, but he was just so safe every week because of that rushing.
0: Yeah. So maybe Willis could gonna, I mean, I don't know if Willis way, but...
1: does that, but he profiles like he could, yeah. He's the only one on here that I think could truly be a game-breaker. Yes. All these other guys, like, I mean... There's some potential, maybe, but like, even if a guy, like, well, I guess we'll move on to number two, like Kenny Pickett. If he hits, he's just, he's not a good runner. He's like, he's not a bad runner, but he's, he's not Willis. I'm not sold on him. Like, I don't, the ceiling's just not there for me.
0: Right. Yeah. He's a, he's fine. Probably not great for fantasy. Better for real life than for fantasy. Kenny Pickett, like... I guess, Yeah, go ahead. Yeesh, I don't know. Like, you take him at the end of the first if he's there just because he's a quarterback in a Say he goes to Super Pittsburgh.
1: Flex. Do you take him... Where would you take him? What's the highest you take him?
0: In a Superflex or a 1QB? Superflex. If he goes to Pittsburgh, I'm taking him at the end of the first in Superflex. I'd probably think about him in, like, mid first. I'm thinking about it. Like I, think, I don't know if I actually do it.
1: I think best case scenario for pick Kenny Pickett right now. I mean I've, I could be way wrong on this, but right now I mean I don't see anything better than Mac Jones.
0: Yep. That's best like case. Like a more mobile Mac Jones.
1: But I think Mac Jones is a very good thrower. Right. He's
0: I'm good. not sold that Pickett's a good thrower. I like he's decently mobile. He's a okay thrower I, I I don't know there's nothing about him that screams could win me anything like he's just a if I need somebody to fill in a spot I guess I'll put Kenny Pickett in
1: yeah he's quarterback at three he's a depth piece as your quarterback three or four
0: yeah Desmond Ritter at three he's interesting because he has a couple
1: notes in on him
0: Yeah, I mean, he's got a good deep ball. He's got a good arm. He won a lot of games in college. He's also decently mobile.
1: Outside of Malik Willis, I think he honestly has the highest ceiling of all these other guys. Yeah, yeah. If he sneaks into the first round, I'm kind of interested in Desmond Ritter.
0: Where do you think would be the ideal landing spot for you to be the most interested if he were to... Like, regardless of round, I guess round plays a part of it. Let's say he goes in the first round. Let's say he goes back into the first. I've seen him mocked to the Lions. Is that interesting to you? I
1: think that would be interesting, yeah. Because the Lions are a team that's improving. They have some... Weapons that have shown a lot of promise. We know DeAndre Swift is good. We know TJ Hawkins is good. Amaron St. Brown, while we've been, I've been like harping sell him, sell him, sell him, sell him, sell him in fantasy. I think he proved he is a very good player. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's some hope in Detroit. So I think that'd be a, a pretty good landing spot for him. I've seen some stuff where Atlanta takes up or trades up to get him. Um, I think that would be interesting. I hope we don't do anything stupid, like take him at eight. But <laughs> I think, you know, if I saw a mock where we traded up to like the Chiefs or somebody's first round pick and took him, I think that would be interesting.
0: Yeah. Desmond, yeah, he's interesting. He's got a wide range where he could be taken anywhere. He's from very like-
1: mobile. He ran a four five forty. Sheesh,
0: yeah. I mean, that- he's interesting. I... I- I like, I like a lot of what he is, but he also feels like a, and this is a, probably a very bad comparison, but he feels like Dak Prescott, where he doesn't wow me at anything. But then again, Dak Prescott's a top ten fantasy QB. So yeah, if you he know, turned
1: out to be Dak Prescott, you are stoked.
0: That is a probably best case scenario for him. Last two quarterbacks, I kind of lump them in together. Let's be honest here: Matt Corral, Sam Howell. Uh, Both guys either. that ran a lot, especially Sam Howell as last year in college, ran a lot a little bit in college, uh, but probably shouldn't in the NFL. Matt Corral is, you know, our four, Sam Howell's our five. They're a little bit interchangeable depending on laning spot. But uh, I don't know. Where do you sit on these two guys?
1: Uh. I think Howell's probably got the highest ceiling of the two. I don't love him, but he's got that the raw physical aspects. He's got a good arm. He's shown he's pretty mobile. Matt Corral, I I really want to like Matt Corral because I liked him a lot in college, but he's not as fast as I thought he was, and I feel like a lot of his success was the system he was in. It's a very quarterback-friendly system with Lane Kiffin. Not that he couldn't be bad. I think he's very athletic. He's got a good arm. So he's got tools, but I don't know. I just, I don't see it happening.
0: Yeah. I, I'm also with you there. They're very matchup or not matchup. They're very landing spot dependent. And I'm not thrilled about either one of them, to be honest with you. I think Sam Howell, personally, I feel like he's got a bit higher of a ceiling Cause I saw him be a great thrower independent of scheme corrals. He's a wild card. Like Lane Kiffin runs a very quarterback friendly offense, which means that we don't really know how good he is. I mean, he could turn out to be very um, like, he could be amazing. And we just never knew because he was in such an easy to run offense. He ran probably way too much. He's not going to run at the NFL level. He's too small, uh, Howell ran way too much in college too, especially his last year. He's not going to run in the NFL either. I I don't know. Like I feel like their tape kind of lies about what quarterback they really are. Yeah. I think Howell's a pocket passer. I think Corral's a pocket passer. And if I'm going to project to the NFL which one I prefer, I would take Howell because I think he's just a better pure thrower. But he also feels like he could just be Baker Mayfield. So I'm not stoked really about either one of them.
1: We've seen like these system quarterbacks to look great in college like Corral did at Oklahoma where uh, I mean, Kyler, Kyler's the exception because Kyler is really good real life and, and or the NFL level and at college at Oklahoma. But Baker has kind of shown his true colors. He won the Heisman there. I mean, that system turned Jalen Hurts into a Heisman contender. He looked phenomenal and we knew he wasn't that great of a quarterback. So the system matters a lot.
0: Yeah. That rounds out our kind of top fives at each position. Are there yep. anybody else that you want to touch on before we wrap this up? Anybody else we should be yeah, looking for? Yeah, I was going to question
1: drafts? of who is somebody not in our top five that you think could jump there? I've got one, but I want to hear yours.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty interested in Jahan Dotson as a wide receiver because I think he's He's probably, if we were to do a consensus between the two of us, I think he would probably be sixth, maybe seventh for us. Uh, So he's kind of right on the outside looking in, but he's also being mocked to those very interesting landing spots where if he goes to Kansas City, you've got to move him up. If he goes to Green Bay, you've got to move him up. Even if he goes to Buffalo, which I'm seeing, or Arizona, which are places that maybe it's not their first need is wide receiver, but... If things kind of fall their way, they could end up taking one. So I could see him going to one of those teams if, you know, if the draft is crazy, any four of those teams could be taking a wide receiver, and we think Green Bay and Kansas City will take one. If it goes to one of those great landing spots, I'd be really interested in Jahan Dotson.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Mine is, uh, mine is George Pickens. He terrifies me. He is—you don't love touching him in any of the first or, like, even early second. But he was—I don't think he got a fair shake in college. He was never really in a great passing offense at Georgia. They were always run first. They never really had a good quarterback. But he's got good measurables. Like, the dude profiles like an alpha. He was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He was injured in college, so— That's a knock against him there, so he never really got to showcase how good he is. So I'm I'm more betting on just how
0: good he looks like as a prospect. Yeah. He definitely could, and again, landing spot dependent. The thing with Pickens that terrifies me is his mentality, his temperament. I've heard things come out that He's not a great locker room guy. That he's got some attitude issues, which I don't want to touch because I don't know if he's going to have the draft capital to where they just kind of like look, overlook some of that stuff. Like he might yeah, go like, in the he might go in the second third round. And if you got a guy coming in that has question marks about his character, like I'm not thrilled about that. And I don't know how that translates to the NFL.
1: Yeah, I just think he's super. He's built like an alpha receiver, so yeah, gets a good landing spot. Yeah, I'm interested in. Very interested in George Pickens.
0: Yep. That wraps up our draft thoughts before the draft. Uh, we'll, we'll have an episode later this week, right after the draft happens, right after the first round. So Our,
1: our release schedule is probably going to be a little different this week.
0: A little bit different. What we're going to do is we're going to record an episode immediately after the first round. We'll have at least a lot of these receivers and probably a couple quarterbacks, potentially even a running back in there uh we'll know a little may bit not more know running backs may not if Brees hall doesn't get taken in the first round we may not know anything until the second round there's but a
1: strong possibility there's no running backs taken in the first but we should see at least i'm guessing five receivers maybe more so
0: yeah so we'll do an episode right after the draft we'll see kind of how things shake out i'm super stoked about it uh until then we get to twiddle our thumbs and wait expectantly for the fun to happen. Three more days. We're stoked. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a review, leave a like where you can do that. Give us a rating if that's something you can do where you're listening. And uh, follow it's us good, on yeah. Instagram. Only, only if it's the best podcast you've heard today. Yeah. If it's not, don't bother. <laughs> and, uh, and follow us. And we will find you. And kill you. Wow. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore, and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers podcast. If you enjoyed it, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore, and we will see you in the next episode.